Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen. And this is Molly. So Molly, uh... Stuff Mom Never Told You podcast. We talk a lot about lady things. True. Lots of female hormones, makeup, etc. But you know what? Today, let's switch things around. Let's talk about the boys, shall we? Yeah, let's hear it for the boys. Uh, we got this great reader email from um, a listener, Gordon, in Ontario. And he, he brought up the... The recent backlash against the HPV vaccine that prevents... Uh, sexually transmitted disease, HPV, and therefore can help prevent cervical cancer. Gardasil. Gardasil, exactly. And he thought it was uh, interesting that a lot of the backlash against HPV was based on the idea that it would encourage girls to have sex at a young age because they wouldn't have this risk of catching an STD. Right. And uh, Gordon has really just his finger on the pulse of current events because this is in the news right now, but not about girls. It's actually uh, revolving around boys because Merck, the company that makes Gardasil, is trying to get uh, Gardasil approved for boys to get vaccinated. Right now, it's just for girls to prevent this HPV, but the new development might be that boys get vaccinated too. Right, because boys can get HPV just like girls, and since a lot of strains of HPV don't show any immediate physical symptoms, a boy might not know that he has HPV, and then he and a lady friend uh, might uh, have adult relations, and then he passes the HPV onto the girl, and then she could actually catch a strain of HPV that could cause cervical cancer. So it seems like boys could be an important part of really solving this uh, this puzzle. Right. So let's back up real quick and just go over Gardasil, what it does, what it protects against, and what it doesn't. People call it frequently the cervical cancer vaccine, but it's important to note that it's not going to protect directly against cervical cancer. 
Right. Gardasil is actually formulated to attack four specific strains of HPV, uh, the number HPV numbers 6, 11, 16, and 18. And these are the types of HPV that are known to potentially cause cervical cancer. So that's why they call it the cervical cancer vaccine. But like you said, it's actually going after HPV. But going after cervical cancer indirectly is no small feat because uh, this disease affects and kills nearly 300,000 women per year. I mean... You know, that's a lot of lives that could be saved, which is how uh, Gardasil has been marketed to girls. The one less campaign I'm going to be one less girl that's going to get this cervical cancer. Right. And HPV is also uh, the most common sexually transmitted disease right now in the U.S. We have about 20 million people currently infected with it, according to Centers for Disease Control. And about 6.2 million Americans get a new HPV infection every year. And you got a 50-50 chance of catching it if you're a sexually active adult. Right. And HPV, like, you know, Kristen was saying, it attacks four strains. And there are, you know, more than 100 strains of this disease. And, you know, one way that it might affect you would be genital warts. That's one way that HPV can manifest itself. Right. And even though there are more than 100 different types of HPV, only just two of these strains are responsible for about 70% of all cervical cancer cases worldwide. So it seems like Merck has really tapped into... um a a pretty powerful uh, vaccine here. Right. And their studies uphold that. It shows that it's pretty effective. Um, When they were doing test cases, you know, they looked at nearly 9,000 women who took Gardasil and they prevented 100% of certain HPV-related cervical cancer. So, I mean, that's a huge step forward, a huge dent in this process. Right. And the the CDC actually just finished up uh, in 2008 a post-marketing test phase to see whether or not girls taking uh, Gardasil were, were more at risk for certain diseases, and they concluded that there weren't any adverse side effects. So it still has the approval of the FDA, but pretty soon after the FDA approved it, there was a, a little bit of a public backlash from parents who were concerned about the young age that was being recommended for these girls to get Vaccinated, Right. The FDA was saying you can get the vaccination uh, as young as nine, but really more in the 11 to 12 year old ballpark. And, you know, that was just for some parents way too young to have to explain to a kid why they need the shot because it's a lengthy process. It's three vaccinations over an eight month period, I think. Mm-hmm. So if you have to take your kid into the doctor at the age of 11, three times to get a shot, you know, they're going to want to know why. And so when you start talking about cervical cancer and HPV, then, you know, people felt you were setting your child up to become sexually active at a very young age. Right. And the and the backlash really intensified when a handful of states, including Texas and Virginia, tried to make Gardasil immunization required for sixth grade girls. Parents were up in arms. Some parents, at least, were, were up in arms over the, the thought of a state forcing their young daughters to be immunized against sexually transmitted diseases. Especially with a vaccine where the side effects and the long-term effects aren't very well known, which leads us into the argument of whether boys should get this vaccine. Because now that we're talking about boys potentially getting it, uh, the risks are becoming much more the focus of the conversation. Not so much the issue of promiscuity, but the fact that maybe this vaccine isn't safe for everyone. Right. I mean, you think of cervical cancer as a gender-specific disease. You know, obviously, boys would not be able to 
physically get cervical cancer. So that brings up the question of whether or not this should be something that women should take care of exclusively. But that also begs the question of, let's say there is a prostate cancer vaccine that could be available for young girls to take. How would the public react to that? Would we be as hesitant about boys and girls taking a prostate cancer vaccine as we are about cervical cancer because it specifically uh, is linked to a common STD? Right. It's the sex cancer, as it was described in one New York Times article. So the fact that, you know, we could and, and, you know, another article points out if it was breast cancer, it wouldn't be as big a deal to immunize everyone. But because this is you know, sort of seen as a consequence of sexual activity, people are very leery about having the whole population immunized for it. Right. And cost effectiveness is another big hurdle in this whole whole immunization debate because Gardasil requires a round of three separate shots over a period of about eight months. And each shot costs around $120. So these mothers with sons are wondering why they're going to shell out almost $400 to get their sons immunized against this cancer that they will never get. Right. Do the risk and the costs outweigh the benefit to the boys when the only benefit they're really getting is uh, the HPV benefit, which is not uh, a small potato sort of thing. I mean, they are protected against genital warts. Uh, but, you know, if the big kicker with this drug is cervical cancer, is it worth it to boys? Right. And I think that you have to look at the big picture of uh, of herd immunity, if you will, that, that a New York Times article brought up. Um, many of the women who die from cervical cancer can't afford regular gynecological exams to get pap smears that will usually catch it in its earlier stages. And in addition, cervical cancer is most fatal to women who are living in poverty. So chances are these same women are not going to have the $120 per pop to get Gardasil. So by that logic, you would think that the more people, boys and girls, you immunize, the better it's going to be for the entire population. Right. Basically, if an immunized man sleeps with an unimmunized woman, the infection still stops there because of the immunization. Mm-hmm. And people, I guess, when the whole stuff with girls was going on, didn't really like to point out that if the girl was going to get HPV, it was the guy who gave it to her. You know, it's it takes two to tango. Well said, Molly. <laughs> but one thing that people are still questioning about Gardasil, some parents are still questioning, is this issue of safety. It's a relatively new vaccine. Vaccines don't have the best reputation Dirty word. right now. People are kind of freaked out by them, but it hasn't been on the market long enough to know what the long-term effects are of these, you know, 12-year-old girls getting immunized. Right. And if you do any sort of internet search, you're going to come up with tons of parents uh, saying that after a Gardasil vaccine, their daughter came down with something. And this is where, of course, any argument about vaccines is tricky because you're getting into correlation versus causation where, you know, people get a shot and then something turns up later and they wonder, is this related to the shot? But, you know, there are a few conditions. Merck, of course, Merck says it's perfectly safe, but if you do a quick search, the most common things that'll come up that might be results of Gardasil are uh, seizures, paralysis, fainting. Um, there was one girl who died from a form of Lou Gehrig's disease that they're trying to tie to Gardasil. So, you know, Merck is constantly evaluating its safety as is the Food and Drug Administration. But when you've got these kind of risks, then, of course, someone who's only going to get the secondary benefits of this vaccine is questioning whether they should, you know, expose themselves to that. Right. It seems like we still have 
a little ways to go in terms of testing for Gardasil to really calm parents' fears about whether or not it, it actually is safe. But when when it comes to boys, it might be marketed as this, you know, really chivalrous thing to do. You know, this guy is getting vaccinated against cervical cancer. He right. is saving women. I know. With these shots. Throw so, that on a date. I mean, it's, it's pretty compelling. I mean, I don't know if a 10-year-old boy is really going to buy into that marketing so much, but hey, good work. Right. So if you want to learn more about the cervical cancer vaccine, I know where you can find out. I'm going to guess it's howstuffworks.com, Molly. You're right, Kristen. And if you have any comments or questions, be sure to email Kristen and me at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.